What's up, everybody? We're back again with fresh episode. A lot has happened. Monday Jazz getting chopped off. They've been put in the firing range and they've been shot twice. With, and they're bleeding out in the corner. So without further ado, let's dive into a fresh episode from, you know, the Far Corner Podcast Studio. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Like you said, we've seen a lot of managers losing their jobs. Sevilla letting go of Lopetegui, Dominico Tedesco being sacked from Leipzig, but obviously the biggest one, Thomas Tuchel. I'm sure you, we have a lot to say about that. To yep. leave that for now. And we saw some entertaining Champions League results as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, like it feels like football is finally back. As I'm recording here with you, I'm still following up on different things, different news, so that we can keep our listeners up to date. I'm even looking at, uh, yeah, I'm even trying to even finish up on a thread I'm writing about Barca. So a lot of things are happening so quickly in football. Like a lot, every hour things are happening. So yeah, I love it. Not even talked about the transfer window being closed. If, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see about that at the end of the episode. Um. So let's start with the Premier League. I mean, obviously, we're not going to start with Tuchel. I know people want to hear about that, but let's start with. Um. We saw Manchester United continue their impressive run of form. Four wins in a row now against Arsenal. Arsenal finally ending their perfect start to the season. How did you? Yeah. Personally, uh, I felt like Arsenal played the better football. They dominated. But the thing is, when you dominate without having cutting edge and being ruthless, then you give opportunity or room for your opponents to come back into it. So we saw that um, Saka had good moments, but he wasn't ruthless enough. Um, same with Martinelli as well. They were not ruthless enough. They didn't have that killer instinct to finish it off. And at the end of the day, man, it goes back to what I keep saying. And people attack me like maybe they'll be... And the most condescending comment I usually get is, do you know more than the manager? And I'll be like, man, it's sometimes it's just common sense. Sometimes it's just common sense. Like some things are just simply um, white... Uh, what, white... What, what, what did you say about the game that brought that comment? No, not even necessarily the game. Like, we usually, when I say managers should play their best players in their position and should, they should stop trying fancy things that they know that their players are not capable of. So, so you've seen now, Tenaga... I, I, I know where you're going. Yeah, Tenaga has resorted back to the basics. They're not playing out from the back. They're keeping it simple. They're now going to... He's not playing to the strength of the players he has, which is, you know contain and hit, hit on the break. That is how they've gotten um, two of their biggest results in that four unbeaten run, which is playing out, um, hitting the break and, um, you know, um, um, playing on the high line of their opponent. So, at the end of the day, that's what we saw. Three counter-attacks and they were in and they caught Arsenal open for fun. So, you can see it. He played to the strength of the players he had available. And look at it now. 
is paying off and now everyone is smiling and they are appreciative of the work Tenag is doing. And that is how it should be. And I felt like um, Ateta too was naive in the sense that he sold the game. At 1-1, there was no need to try, try and force it. You're away coming at Old Trafford, a ground that you've you um, a ground that you know that is a very difficult ground for us now. You've gotten your equalizer. Why not sit back? The honors is on Manchester United. The honors. What, what I'm just saying is the honors is on Manchester United to attack. So why force it? Just sit back and make sure Manchester United attack. They can hit them on the break, like beat them to their own game. But you sold everything, made some substitutions, huge the balance of the entire team, and you know what? Uh, Manchester United uh, pounced on it and they got three points and congratulations to them. Everything starts with this. Um, you said Arsenal played better and deserved the win. Well, I say yes, no, I, played I, better. I, I, didn't, I didn't say deserved the win. Did I said Arsenal played, Arsenal played better. They, they dominated the game but at the end of the day they were not just reflexed. That's what I said. Not necessarily like okay, the... Okay, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe that's what I said, okay, but so, that's what so, I, mean. I can't remember. Okay, so, uh, all I'm saying, whether you said it or not, because I know I've been seeing everyone on Twitter, Arsenal deserves to win, Arsenal deserves to win. Defending is part of football, right? Arsenal played a high line, which for me was too risky, especially knowing that Marcus Rashford derives joy from that. Like, if you check Rashford against Martin, it's difficult because they sit in a low block, sit back, make things tight. But because Rashford against big team, check it, in history, he has form. So, you're playing into the hands of, and Anthony as well, is fast. So, you're playing into the hands of the opposition. And the, the second and third goal from United, from, for me, from Arsenal, was it was just, if they had just dropped back just a bit, those goals would not have happened. So, yes, they played well, but to me, it was naive defending. And I would say, I agree with you that it was a tactic from Ateta. It was too attacking when they didn't necessarily need to win. Because at the end of the day, they have just one win in 15 visits to Ultra for their last 15 visits. So, to Arsenal fans, that might be embarrassing to hear. So, maybe that's why Ateta was trying to win, but at the end of the day, a point at Old Trafford is never a bad thing, unless maybe your mouth is it. So, I'll just say, Arsenal will learn from this. Obviously, they won't play United every week. I still think Arsenal will be fine. Some people are, are laughing like, yo, Arsenal, their first test of the season and the fourth third. I don't think it's that deep. Uh, at, the end of, at the end of the day, well, all I know is um, they... Um, uh, well, it's 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 easier to speak from my inside, but man, the club they should they should be doing better. That's what that's all I know. They should just be doing better because it it no. became easy for Manchester United, especially at the latter stages in the second half. Yeah. Um. As Villa held Man City, obviously I was shocked, and I'm sure you were too. Um, is it just one of those fluke results? Like, don't read too much into the City are going to be fine. Um, I just felt like in the first half, City lacked the cutting edge, but in the second half, that's why I keep saying, when you when you're not ruthless enough, that is converting your chances. Then you give room for things like Aston Villa, 
teams like Real Madrid against Celtic, when you just things like that keep happening in football when you're not ruthless enough. So when you have when you are when you're on the up, you make sure you convert your chances. Like nobody's going to give you three points or clap for you. I'm not one of those people that will clap for you and say, Oh, you did this, you did that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to take your chances. Manchester City at this um, early stages of the second half, they were very, very brilliant. They carved Aston Villa open for fun. But the thing is, they, didn't, they lacked the cutting edge. Yes, they scored the first goal from, from Haaland, from a De Bruyne fantastic cross. But at the end of the day, De Bruyne struck the post. De Bruyne... Um, there they were, they were different chances and opportunity that I felt like they could have easily gotten the second goal, even a third goal. But they were not ruthless enough and they left room for Leon Bailey to get equalizer. And that is just on them. So yeah, I, I actually agree with everything you said. Um like that's why I said one of those off days where they, they were not playing good enough. We know nine times out of ten City ends up winning that match. Um on the bright side, Eli Haaland continued his scoring from oh he also scored in the Champions League by the way, two goals against Sevilla. Um to me, I, I'm not even saying will he win the Golden Boots anymore. I'm saying if he stays fit, Salah's record is, is gone to shred, is it not? Already, I said it to at the end of the season. Like, um, Haaland should be getting 40 goals, 45, even to close to 50. The little stopping no, no, him. I'm saying Premier League alone. Yeah, uh, yeah, even in the Premier League, Premier League alone, you should be getting over 50. 50. You should. If you're getting over 25, the reason for it is it's not just because, oh, Alan is a good player. I've said it already. When you go and look at Manchester City record over the years, they create chances for fun. Like, uh, I think the top, the top five is Manchester City, Liverpool, Barcelona, um, um, I think Bayern and Real Madrid. So, so those teams, they are, they, they are usually there. Like, I, I keep saying it, like, the only thing that, that Manchester City were lacking was just that clinical edge. And now they found a player that is very, very clinical. So I feel like, yes, if Alan takes his chances and stay fit, and if Phil Foden doesn't become stingy, and if Pep Guardiola stop his, uh, doesn't experiment too much, then I feel like, yes, Alan, Alan will score a lot of goals. Okay. I still think like you're trying to play it. Let me, let me be bold. Premier League alone, Haaland is scoring over 35 goals. I've said it. Premier League alone, if he stays fit, over 35 goals. And I'm sticking my neck out because from what I've seen, there is, you know what? It's like when he steps on the pitch, I would be shocked if he goes a game without scoring. Like he plays 90 minutes or close to, and he doesn't score, I would be shocked, no matter the opposition. That's how good he is right now. Now, now oh. are we even be shocked? Uh, I said this thing and people think I'm laughing. Lewandowski, let me, let me put it like this. Lewandowski is the original robot. Do you understand? Like, Haaland yeah. is following in the step. And now, when you look at the way Lewandowski, Haaland, they score, like, if you go and look at it, like, if you take your time and dip it and check their stats, the way they score is simple. When they blank, they have games where they blank. But when they start scoring, they don't just score one. They score brace, brace, hat trick. Brace, brace, hat trick. In, like, for example, if you check, if you go and check a 15 game run where Haaland or Lewandowski is scoring, uh, you will see that the, they are, in that 15 game run, they will only score one goal in, in like, let's say, 
four times. The rest is either a brace or hat trick or they blanked. Do you get? Do you get? So it, yeah. like it's similar similar to what we're even seeing now. Lewandowski, he has scored. Um, what is it called now? Okay, Lewandowski has scored brace. I think brace, brace, and a, a single goal. That's what he has scored now. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Haaland, look at Haaland. Look at Haaland now. Hat trick, hat trick. Then brace, brace. Are you seeing what he's doing? Brace yeah. now in the Champions League. So that's what I'm saying. This is how those guys score in, score their goals. So people sleeping on them, you're just joking because if they're blank and you laugh at them, the next game, they are just scoring a brace or a hat trick. That's how they play. I, I, just, I just remember, I remember Ed Haaland laughing. Like he actually laughed when he missed that open goal in the community field. And I just knew it was finished for everybody in the Premier League because. Yeah, that yeah, laugh man. was like, I'm coming for this league. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now, let's talk about... Yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. Go on, go on, go on, go on, please. I just want to talk about the controversial um, incident this week before we dive into Chelsea. So, I'll just be asking you, and you tell me your opinion, without too much, like... Without waffling. Don't worry, without waffling, just say it, sir. <laughs> Okay, so Steve Van Dijk has seen a red card for his challenge. Um, all I all I, all I'll say is, if that was if that was Granny Shaka, that is a red card. What? <laughs> what? No. It's like it's like it's like they have an agenda against Shaka. Like you think no, 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 no. What, what what I'm saying is what I'm saying is uh, you know this stereotype thing. Like people oh, people yeah. people people we. Try and deny it, but, kind of but people try and deny it. But the truth is, as humans, we are we have certain bias and the way we feel about certain in certain things and certain individuals. So as much as as much as yes, Van Dyke might look calm and all that. Like like what I'm saying is, there are certain profiles in that incident that we even think twice to give a red card. That we even think twice. That's what I'm just trying to highlight. That is a red card, whether you like it or not. And I think Vardai got away with one. Okay, I agree with you completely. And I think, like you said, they judge the player instead of the incident because Vardai is not a dirty player. No, not, not necessarily the player. Like, how would I put it now? It, it's, for example, uh, it's a, it's, for example, now, uh, they looked at it. Let's say it's even soft. Hmm? Let's say it's even soft, but they looked at it like, oh man, it's not really Van Dyke. He didn't really, it's he didn't really mean it. It's Van Dyke, you know. He's not that kind of person. But at the end of the day, now let's say Shaka, they'll be like, ah, this guy, he's, he has history of doing this. Like it's just how it is. It's just like um, yeah. um, um, black people complaining about cops, or it's just like um, let me even use Nigeria as example. Just like as as I am now as a young man. I dress well, and I uh, I have a car. Police will profile me as a a fraudster or a Yahoo boy. So that's just how it is. In, in, in. So there's just certain bias we have towards certain kind of individuals. Okay, so what about the Newcastle goal that was chopped off? That was ridiculous, wasn't it? Newcastle goal. The Woolock one. The Joe Willock one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that resulted in an own goal that um, Mitchell pushed Willock to the keeper and then 
the ball ricocheted to Mitchell, he scored a long goal, but they cancelled the goal because. All, all, all I would say is, all I would say is, um, like I keep saying this thing, guys, I'll say this for the last time. Just listen. VAR is a tool, a fantastic tool that um, IFAB and FIFA, UEFA, all of them have come together to bring, to make football easier. The issue is the people using the tool. Now they watch that incident and they still made that decision. Like, to me, that is just brain dead. Like, you saw that the incident that led to the own goal was a push from their own player. Do you understand? Like, from their own player, that's what brought about that in event. And they, still, they still went well, on. And, man, it's, it's, a, it's such a brain dead decision. Okay, so, so, first of all, you're the first person I'm hearing that called IFAB, IFAB. I don't even stress myself, just say I found. Um, yeah. Well, you do, you do, whatever you prefer. Um, for the incident here, yeah, I look at it this way, and I heard the referee give the same opinion, the former referee, rather, on, on like, and the sports program, the football program. He gave this opinion where I, it should have been a penalty to Newcastle. Now, let me explain it. Tyreek Mitchell pushed Joe Willock, right? Joe Willock then fouled the keeper inadvertently without meaning to. So because he fouled the keeper, you cannot give the goal because it's not the keeper's fault that Willock was pushed. So you cannot punish the keeper, right? But then you, you shouldn't just cancel the goal and then move on like that. You should cancel the goal, then go back to the first incident and give a penalty. A penalty, exactly, because that is a foul on Willock. So, yeah. so I, so either so, way, I, either but way, but then, but then, but then they could have missed the penalty, and people would see the penalty. So just about no, no, I, I don't, I don't even care if people are angry about that because at the end of the day, you've given a chance. Like to me, that's even that's even the actual uh, right thing to do in that incident. You're giving, you've given the opposition team a chance, you know. To actually do um, kind of uh, kind of give themselves a chance to get something out of it or even redeem themselves. So at the end of the at the end of the day, if they don't if they don't take the penalty and score, that is their own wala. Um, as for as Milan, that's why Man City, we had something that was never outside in a million years. They made the flag. This is why we just say keep the flag down and let the game go on. But then the ref even blew the whistle. So. There's nothing to analyze here. It was a stupid decision. We all know that. So, um, for Arsenal first goal, Martinelli, the first goal that never was chopped off. Right decision for you? Um, for me, um, at the end of the day, at the end, um, at the, at the end of the day, the the thing is, the, the thing is, I either wait is a foul. You can argue if it's soft or not, but yeah, it's a foul. He went through the players. Thank you. Thank you. He, he went. Did, he went. Okay. Yeah, go on. No, no, no. Go on, go on, go on. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I don't say that this thing where people justify fouls and just say it's soft. Like, guys, a foul is a foul. Don't tell me it's soft. Like, you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a foul. So it's... There's, there's, there's no way around it. It's a foul. Like. It's a foul. But the thing now is all this clan obvious thing now, all those English that they oh, use. Yeah, yeah. 
that, that, that's where I can all those English yeah. that they use, yeah. all those English that they use, it is not helping matters because no. You, know you know what? You know what? I mm. I I feel like I feel like the way VAR is used is not the correct way. Let me let me explain it. So you know how VAR only intervenes when the team developer has made a mistake. We obviously we've been watching football for the past two three years. We know that they only tell the ref to go to the monitor when they feel there's a mistake. I think that's wrong. I think whatever, even if you think the ref is correct, just let him go and check it and say, okay, I stick with my decision. Because these days, we're saying that every time the ref goes to the monitor, it's so predictable that it's going to change his original decision, whether the first decision was right or not. He's not going to make a mistake. Like So I think they should change the way they are using it. It's not, they are not just to correct errors. It should be to double check and be sure because that way we can see where to go and still stick with their decisions and like yeah I made the right call. At the end of the day man I feel like it depends on the individual. Some ref are not bold enough. Like obviously you're going to the monitor but at least make the make the good uh, make the um, correct call. To me some ref are not just bold enough to make the correct call. That's why I just said like it's too it's too uh like like most times when they do that thing, I already know the call they are going for, so I don't even stress. Exactly. So it's so it's just to it's easy it's easy for everybody to read and understand. It's just it's just the way it is. Just it's just how I okay, see so, it. So before we go to the incident of West Ham goal that was cancelled, let's just summarize the game. Chelsea played nonsense and but. No, 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 he did not. Like I've kept I've kept it consistent. Uh I've been saying it since Thomas Tuchu Thomas Tuchu um he came into Chelsea, he got a quick fix and played a system that got the best out of the players he had. But that can't be the permanent solution because at the end of the day teams will get find you out and and some players will be like, I want to play in a more free and flowing and in a better shape or whatever so it can't be sustainable long term that's all I'm saying and you can see it was not sustainable long term either and now you watch Chelsea they are very jarring to watch like it's jarring passing from side to side no penetration no ideas no um, systematic way of building so it's just boring at the end of the day and I've kept it consistent and I even said it on TikTok yesterday I felt like he was going to get sacked. Yeah, man, he got sacked. So, just how it is. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I don't think I need to add too much. You said the words I wanted to say. You said boring. You said. Um, let, let me even add to it. The football they played was it was not even deserving of a point, but somehow they got all three. And let's talk about how they got all three. Um, Ventural, fantastic from the bench, goal and assist, Harvest, go from the bench. Yes, all well and good. West Ham's goal for 2 2 that was counted, um, this divided opinion. In fact, this even made the Premier League to say that they are going to review how VAR is used. So, um, I would say it's divided opinion. Where do you stand? Uh, pers- pers- personally, man, 
honestly, honestly, I just feel like things can be handled better and smoother. It allows them to find a perfect balance. I don't know what what would be the correct one, but I just feel like they just need to find a perfect balance on how it should be and you shouldn't be. It was done at first, but then I feel you go to that too. And here's why. Mandy has been found to make a lot of things because Mandy came out to claim the ball. He couldn't claim it because the top bowman was rushing towards them. So he parried it. And in parrying it, it wasn't he didn't get the desired distance. The ball eventually fell to Maxwell Connie, Maxwell Connie's spot. So but Mendy was clever in the sense that once he felt that contact, he didn't um try to move on from it. He just stayed down. And I won't say he faked the injury. I would say he was clever to actually show that he was injured. And like he took a risk with the ref give it or not. And so the ref gave it, and I think it was it was um, clever from Mendy, but I think the goal should have stood. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he he was being cheeky with it, but at the end of the day, all I'll say is um, all I all I all I'll just say is this um, the 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 way the way I see it is this um, Mendy. As making errors, like if um, correctly highlighted, but I feel like I feel like in that one, it was like there's no clear way to actually know if something happened. That's why I said, man, they just need to make and uh, find the perfect balance to it. I feel like yes, because he has made an error, so it's easy to now just brush it off and say, um, yes, um, it's Mendy's fault for that. So, so, so at the end, so at the end of the day, I feel like. Going forward, going um going um going forward, going going forward, there should just be a, a way to you know, a way to maybe better camera angles or something. That's why I said in this one, I yeah, don't necessarily yeah, know. So there was, there was, thank you for saying this. So for the better better camera angle, there was an angle of um be like towards the left where. Pony scored from. So from that angle to Mendy, it showed that there was actually clear contact. But you see the you see the way it's speaking, I'm also even trying to contradict myself now because where where you get it, yes, Mendy made an error and yes it was funny. But if we give the goal to West Ham or if they even just now that even they didn't give the goal but they So now you're in more attackers to just watch wildly at it. You might set a dangerous like do you get where I'm coming from? So like, it's very fine yeah. line that if we if we don't if we're not careful then we're starting attackers back into keepers and then put our what they reach is going to be a different case of keepers. So I yeah. think I think yeah. it's tricky. Yeah. That 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 that's 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 a good point. Sir. That's a good point. Uh, that's a okay, good so point. Now, so now let's go to the Champions League. Chelsea away at Zagreb. Oh my goodness! I I watched that game right because obviously they played early. Lord knows that if they had played 8 p.m. 
I wouldn't have even wasted my time because there were bigger matches. But then Chelsea fans won't forgive me for saying with their match is a waste of time. But what Chelsea did in that match was nothing. Basically, Chelsea did nothing as a girl fully deserved the win. Yeah, man. I feel like, um, like I said, it's just how to chew, to chew ball is now. Uh, no p- possession with no penetration. So I feel like Zavrek they had a plan. Sorry, sorry. Just, 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 to, just to buttress on that. I think Chelsea under Tuchel is the like they play the worst possession based football I've ever seen. Like usually when you say a team is going to watch, it's because they don't keep possession. Let's say like Atletico Madrid. But Chelsea are the worst possession team I have ever seen. Is that fair? Mm, that that's that's the bad way to say, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the bad one. That's yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with that. I can but, agree with. That. Like you said, football backwards football, no penetration. Like I cannot, I cannot say. You you know, usually when big teams play small teams without you respect to dynamos and girls, you would say, and let's say the big team loses, you at least say the, the opposite keeper was the man of the match. He made like. Five, six billion teams. Bro, there was nothing. I know with GMT the post towards the end of the game, but so it was just like and Kepa even had to make two or three billion teams. It could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Like if 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 not the um Kepa, I don't know what Kepa ate on the day. So Kepa looked so good. If not that Kepa stepped up. Could you have been an embarrassing scoreline? Because Zagreb had that your plan and they executed it to perfection. Speaking with that, what you just said, that phrase could have been an embarrassing scoreline. Well, for Todd Bowley, apparently it was embarrassing enough because someone took care of his job after. First, the first question I want to ask you Do you think it's a reject reaction to just that defeat? Or do you think it has been planned in terms of maybe? They were not seeing eye to eye behind the scenes. And do you think it was a knee reaction? First. Uh, I don't like. The way I see it is, he came at the back end of last season. Chelsea were bad. Pre-season, Chelsea were bad. Start of the season, the bad form has continued. And the way they are playing, they are not even showing signs of, okay, we can get better. So, I don't know if, like, only time we tell, but the way I see it is, um, yeah, to me, I don't necessarily, the only way, maybe, the way I can say knee-jerk simply because they've not announced in, an immediate replacement, but I think, I think that's just, well, that will come. How easy, you said? I said, how easy is it to actually announce on the same day? It's not that straightforward, is it? No, it's not. It's not. That's they, yeah. That's that's actually a good point. It's not really a straightforward thing if you actually deep it. So, so I but agree. But we reports that um, we are Potter might become the next manager as soon as tomorrow. Obviously, this is Wednesday, the day after Chelsea's defeat. Um, but before we even get to whether we are Potter is the right, the timing Chelsea fans are in. On Twitter, well, most of them, some of them are okay with each other. Um, they're saying, like, why would you give him um, 
X amount of money. I think they spent about 250 million pounds, if I'm not mistaken, in the window. Then why are you giving a manager that you don't want that sort of money? Like the window just ended, giving time. What is it to those people? Do you understand where they are coming from? It's a good, it's a very good point, but for me, um, the it's an investment. On under the manager, the club has lost investment in the sense that the players are not showing signs of improvement. So, and now the new owner is looking at it like, oh, um, I don't want my money to to get wasted. Even even his new signing, apart from Kukuraya, are not looking. Yeah, even the new signings are not even showing. Like, look at how Sterling is looking. Kulibali as well. So, I feel like all those guys, they can play better, but I don't know what's going on with them. So, for me, maybe, and maybe we don't know actually the things that have gone on behind the scenes because, you know, if you actually understand Tuchel, Tuchel is also a prob- problematic person. So, so um, we don't... Well, um, uh, let, let me let you know. Tuchel is a strong character. I think you're fair that it's also a problematic person. You know, let's try to play to the gallery. And the reason I'm playing to them is because I'm about to go in on their below secure. So, um, Chelsea won the Champions League when Tokyo came six months after he came, which is incredible if you think about it already well on that land. But then, to me, it's the mediocrity they've, they've actually been since in the Premier League because okay, let's look at he's up in five games in charge. He won 13, he drew five, he lost them. And I'm saying goal scored 41, goals considered 31. Would you believe if I told you this is worse than Lampard's last 25 games? That's actually if it's worse, then it's it's mad, you know. It's worse because Lampard had the same 13 wins. Seven draws, five defeats. And remember, I said Tuke had five draws, seven defeats. Also, with more goals scored, 49. And 10 less goals considered, 21. Um, but obviously, that doesn't tell the story because Tuke is far better than Lampard. But where I'm coming at is this. People are saying it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon if you look at it as seven games into the new season. Then it's too soon. But then, like you pointed out, Chelsea have been bad for a long period of time. So, in, ter- in the sense of that, it's not too soon. Because people are trying to throw away the back end of last season and say, oh, but they finished third. Well, they finished third because Arsenal faltered, because Tottenham didn't aim for high enough. Tottenham just wanted to finish fourth. I know that if Tottenham had aimed and were a bit more consistent, both Tottenham and Arsenal could have knocked Chelsea off and then Tukia would have been sacked there and nobody would have said the word. But then, because they snuck into third place, people think all the all was well and good. And for um the for the behind the scenes stuff, I I saw some articles today that obviously we can't believe everything we need. But let me just say what I saw. So apparently, allegedly, they disagreed on a few things. Number one, Todd Bowley wanted Ronaldo or Neymar to carry rejected both of them, number one. Number two, so Bully wanted Boyer Boya ended up signing his new six-year contract, so Bully won that one. Bully wanted Gilmore to stay, 
Sukiel, so Jim, Sukiel won that one. Um, which one again? Um, according to Fabrizio this evening, he said Boli wanted Anthony Gordon, Sukiel rejected, so Sukiel won that particular battle. So in, in terms of so many disagreements, right? And then if you're disagreeing with your owner or the board that much, then you must be performing magic on the field. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. If you're disagreeing with them so much, then you should be proving why you're disagreeing with them that you don't do what they want, that you're getting results in your own way, with your own pattern of play and everything. So I think that was one of the, that was part of the as well as the bad form. Um, I don't know. Um, you want to say anything? Because no, 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 no. Now, all I, all I, I knew it was always coming, but I didn't expect him to get sacked too soon. Um, this soon, but I knew that it was coming. So, just let's see who the next manager will be. That's all I'll say about it. Okay. So, <laughs> I want to actually continue this stuff because I, I've been having discussions with uh, virtually arguments with Chelsea fans. And I'm saying I support the track, and everybody is calling me, um, telling me um, that Tukiel was so special, blah, 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 blah. He shouldn't be let go like that. He's one of the top managers in the world. Okay, so first question Who has Thomas Tukiel improved? I know Anthony Rudiger, but he's no more at Chelsea. Who has Thomas Tukiel improved since he became coach of Chelsea? That's that's what I've asked that question so many times, especially the attackers. None of them have shown sign of improvement, and as you can see, they're actually going backwards, right? Yeah, all of them are actually regressing. Okay, so thank you for that. And that's thing I want to say is, um, to me, the way I like the is if Okay, so let's say let let me just talk about last season's forwards that they had. They had Lukaku, they had Werner, Ziyech, Mount, Hotnodoy, Pulisic, Havertz. I don't know if I missed anybody. If we had two of them out of form, let's say just for example sake, let's say we had only Werner and Pulisic out of form, and the rest were firing. I'll say I blame Werner and Pulisic, right? But how is it possible for you to have six or seven attackers, and they are all out of form, then that has to reflect back on the manager, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, the manager has to look at himself and be like, okay, there's something I'm doing that my attackers, that is making my attackers not to perform, so... Because that, you won't, you won't. Okay. Because that, like, it's not even rocket science, like, it's just obvious, like, it's you clear... Did. It's clear, like, there's something I'm doing that, okay, my players are not getting, so I do make sure. Because now you cannot tell me all those players all of a sudden are bad players. Okay, he's telling now a bad player, selling the new signing. Is Kulibali now a bad player? Look at how Kulibali is playing. Okay, so, you, know, you know what? You know what? You know what? This, this is why I... I they need a new striker is a bad player. But I will maintain Chelsea's biggest problem was chance creation. Now, there's a, there's a crazy factor about a week ago that Ellen Haaland has gotten... In fact, this was even before the Aston Villa game, right? So I don't even have the up-to-date stats. 
But before the Aston Villa game, Eli Haaland had gotten 10 big touches created for him in his first five matches. Guess how many Lukaku had created for him the entirety of last season in the Premier League? Wait, Eli Haaland had stayed? 10 big chances created for him in okay. the first five matches. Guess how many Lukaku had the whole of last season? Uh, <laughs> two. I swear to God, you cannot get it. Two, two, two. No, it's not that bad. He had eight the entirety of last season. So, Manchester have created more for Haaland in five games than Lukaku got in the whole season. So that just tells you that there's something wrong with the system. Secondly, Abumayang was non-existent yesterday. But he's the striker. Everybody has been crying out. They need a striker. They need a striker. But guess what? A striker cannot perform miracles. A striker needs chances created. And Abumayang had just two chances created, of which one of them was offside. He scored, but it was correctly ruled out. Because obviously now we have more accurate technology for offside, so nobody can even dispute it. Um, offside. Um, and the one he didn't score was well, he was trying to be unselfish. He was trying to pass instead of shoot. But then, apart from that, should a striker playing for Chelsea walk off the pitch thinking I had only one chance today? <laughs> The way you're bashing Chelsea, man, they will come for us. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not done. I'm still not done. I'm still not done. Yeah, because. Well, I don't date. Okay, so no, no player, no players improved under him. Forward players, especially forwards, especially, have not improved under him. Now let's go to the defense, shall we? Because we keep hearing Tuchel is a great tactician, blah, 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 blah. So, so let's now look at Tuchel has exactly 100 games in charge. He considered, Chelsea considered 23 goals in his first 50 games. Can you guess how many goals he considered in his last 50? I was... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, 24 goals considering his 50 games, not 20. Can you guess how many they considered in his last 50? Your, your connection broke there, but I would say, I would say 30. I'm asking, is 30 the right answer? Oh. You're actually generous. You can't take 53. It's not just about the WWE. It's 53. 53. That's crazy. That's actually crazy. And the last thing I'll say is this. Uh, it doesn't make sense, but this is the logic that a lot of Chelsea fans have been putting on Twitter and on my WhatsApp contact list and even on Instagram. Anywhere you get to look. Some of the fans have been crying foul today. Um, let me just add this. let me just make this sentence, and you tell me if I'm losing my mind or if I'm correct. So I'm 
you should not sack Thomas Tuchel because he won the Champions League. But you should sell the same players that won the, the players that won the same Champions League because they are not good enough. Does that make sense to you? And so, like, City, then everyone with their own way of thinking, man. I just feel like, I just feel like this this thing is just it's just funny to me because. You cannot, like, well, some people don't understand, like, some people, like, not everyone uh, is as interested as uh, in the deeper things of football like we are. So, for example, when I see an entire team, when I see an entire team, um, uh, what is it called? When I see an entire team, when I see an entire team uh, um, underperforming, players not playing well, a lot of players not playing well, then I know that the setup is not right. So, for example, okay. uh, so, 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 for example, let's say, let's say, when I look at a team filled with quality, let's say Bayern are not performing well. Does that mean all those yeah. players are now bad? It's just that the setup is not good enough for them to actually perform in. That's how it works. It's not like, it's, it's not like, for, for example, when I look at Barca last season, Barcelona, when you look at the lineup, the, when they when you look at the lineup that they put, sometimes Dest starting as a winger. They were, they were clearly not they, good enough, right? Yes, they were clearly not good enough. That's why you now say, okay, this one they are not clearly not good enough. This is no quality. But imagine now this team under Xavi underperforms and starts losing matches they're not supposed to lose. That means the setup is not exactly. right for them. So that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Um. Now let me just end this. On Mount played as a DM. Mind you, Jorginho was on the bench. Then is Zakaria a signing of Thomas Tuchel himself? A last day signing, which shows if it's a deadline day signing, that shows that it's urgent, right? You know that you need him, right? But then he kept him on the bench and he played Mr. Mount and attacked him as a DM. Um. Now, as for players staying out of position, let me just give a few honourable mentions to players that Thomas Tuchel has stayed out of position in his time at Chelsea. We've seen with James as the centre-back. We've seen Messi Mount as a DM. We've seen Messi Mount as a winger. We've seen Conor Gallagher in a midfield too. Um, I don't think a lot of people know the difference between someone playing in a midfield or in a midfield. Three. The difference is massive. In terms of Gaga in a midfield three on the right, has freedom and license to go forward, backwards, like make play turns into the ball. But playing with double a double pivot is so different, is it not? Yeah, it is, it is actually. It is so it's not it's not it's not the same. Man, I don't even care about playing playing people out of position. All I care about is what he has not gotten the best out of this guy. Can they perform? Yeah, can they perform in that position? Because some players have like two, three positions they are comfortable in. But clearly, mm-hmm. some of these players were not comfortable being played. Oh, I even forgot. Can you imagine? I forgot ZH playing as a wing back, a right wing back. Pulisic playing right wing back, left wing back, false nine. And they expect him to perform excellently every time, every position. Um, we saw now. Let's just round off. I'm I'm done with the Chelsea conversation. I hope you're back to starting. Graham Potter, I think, would be a risk 
but I think it's a risk worth taking because we see the beautiful football, the beautiful football that Brighton play. And I think if it's given time, you can just basically copy and paste it at Chelsea. Obviously, with better quality as well. Now, in due time, we'll see. In due time, we'll see. In due time. Um, we will see if the move actually goes through because it's not official as a where I'm recording this. Um, we saw PSG beat UV, no surprises there. Eva paid two goals. Although it was selfish, it should have passed now. You have to get the hat trick. Basically, we saw PSG in the nutshell. We saw them play very well first half, but they kill off the game and then almost do it. Um, it was a good game. Uh, uh, I think Vitinha was the one that impressed me the most. I watched, I enjoyed watching Vitinha. Um, he brings control, balance, and work rate into that midfield. All I'll just say is Kylian Mbappe's selfishness almost allowed Yvette to come in, to come back into the game. So it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. They need to sort that out so that they can, you know, have more joy going into the future. Yeah, definitely. And um Eddie has a people say he's finished and obviously I felt that way too that he was finished, but Coming off the bench for an injured Benzema goal and assist, and also all around, he had a very good game. So shout out to him. Although, like you said, Celtic were wasteful. We don't. I don't want to go too much into that. And then finally, I just want to say shout out to Rafael Leal because I'm loving that player more and more every time I watch him play. The Milan debut at the weekend, he was fantastic, and two goals, one assist, I believe. And yes, they had an assist. He almost got the winning goal at the end. I I think he's top 10 footballer in the world. Like, sorry, he can be top 10 footballer in the world. Like, how Ben or Ribery was. Um, that's all I want to say. And basically, you can just end the program. Yeah, man. Uh, I think, I think uh, we tried, we covered a lot. Uh, so, your predictions for the Bayern Inter game. Let's just hear it then. Oh, Bayern Inter. I'm going two or three one Bayern. Okay. All right. Um, for, uh, my my prediction is a different one. Napoli. Um, Napoli. Um, yeah, Liverpool. Napoli. Liverpool. I, I think I think Napoli. Napoli. Napoli might clinch this. I think two one. But we'll see. Two one. Well, we'll see, and I'll be here to uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.